Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mixed Reviews. Uh, it is Sasha and Paige back at it again with some shit that you're going to be like, wow, I never heard of this movie. And now I really wish that I hadn't heard of this movie. <laughs> this Paige, you want to introduce what we've talked about? I would love to. We were talking about slut shaming the movie. Came out in 2006. Stars Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci. Better known by its official title, Black Snake Moan. This it's funny that this kind of came into our uh, our our orbit via a recommendation from you during a uh, an episode. I can't even remember at this point which episode it was. Most likely, I try to bring up Black Snake Moan every possible chance I can, even when I don't have a chance. I'll just slip it in there. Reg- I'll just slip it in there regardless. Because um, I I know that a lot of people have not heard or know of this movie, but I've known about this movie since I was like seven. I mean, I'll be honest. It's probably because the movie's not very good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before right, we, end of before episode. We, <laughs> I was about to say, before we hit this, this, the, this discretion later on, I'm just going to say it's probably because the movie's not that great. <laughs> That's probably why a whole lot of people haven't seen it. It's 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 not that great of a movie, but for some reason I love. Okay, it, there's very obvious reasons why I love this movie, but there's also wait some wait wait. No- do you want to talk about what the fuck it's about? Oh yeah. Um. So uh, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson cures Christina Ricci's nymphomania with the power of Jesus and the blues. Basically, yeah. It's yeah. It's a lovely tale of two damaged individuals coming together from like polar opposite ends of the damaged spectrum. Uh, and coming together and healing each other, one more so than the, than the other. Um, but them finding, like, a bond and, like, a common ground. And it's just, it's just, like, pure, like, niceness of humanity through very extreme situations that this is not how you should help a person at all. Um, well, you also shouldn't have to come into contact with these kinds of people in yeah. order to make yourself feel better about your beliefs. And I feel like the only reason this plot setup works is it because it takes place in like the deep south, like just the trash. Well, and it's also Samuel L. Jackson, Christina Ricci, and they have given their a hundred thousand percent to each of these roles, and Thank that is you. the only reason why you're like, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep watching this, I'll believe it, because they, they are fully in their character the whole time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was I I knew for a fact you probably were not gonna like this movie, but I'm like I swear to God if she doesn't at least mention that this is entirely Samuel Jackson and Christina Ricci's like best work. Like this is. It's the- not that I yeah, and it's not that I didn't really like this movie. It's just that it's two hours long. It is too long, and, and especially when you when you pitched it to me the way you pitch it, like the way you pitch it when you're like, oh Samuel Jackson cures Christina Ricci who's an infomaniac with Jesus in the Blues. That's what you think the whole movie's gonna be, like, <laughs> he, no, he doesn't start actually curing her until an hour and fifteen minutes into the film. So don't say that with the whole movie because the movie is two oh, is just under two hours long, and you don't even actually have that moment until almost halfway over halfway into the movie. The rest of it is just like showing how much of a nymphomaniac Christina Ricci is because she's just straight up trying to fuck everybody and everything and is doing it. It is bad. It is so bad. So real quick, because there are some characters we're going to touch on. Let, let me give you the whole setup here. 
Christina yes. Ricci's boyfriend, Justin Timberlake, which we'll get which to. Which is the, the opening the opening scene of this movie is them fucking, by the way. In case anybody was curious how this nymphomaniac movie starts, it starts with fucking. It starts so if you're not with cool fucking. with the movie, yeah, it starts with fucking, which is a it, bold move. It, it, <laughs> good fucking, though. Good. That's pretty good. Good that's fucking. That's good. It's classy romantic fucking, and then we get to some like crazy fucking later on. Oh which, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so th- uh, Justin Timberlake, Christina Ricci's boyfriend, Ronnie, in this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> I love how you said it that way. <laughs> I don't think I can replicate. That was entirely my accident. No, that was all improv. I can't even replicate that sound. So. At least it's on recording and it's embodied in the history of time. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, for whatever reason, wants to go to the war, even though he has like a severe anxiety problem, which is painfully obvious. Like you should know that you are not cut off for guns if you can barely handle like eating your cereal in the morning. But. He has to go off to war, and Christina Ricci already has, like, a sex addiction, like, very heavily. Um, he and he, like, to- knows. Yeah, every the whole town knows that she well, I mean, but I, but I think it's, it's kind of nice that it's, like, that's one of those things that's, at least in the beginning of the film, it's kind of in the subtext. I know in the later parts of the film, it's not in the subtext. It's very, like, <laughs> she literally has crabs. <laughs> <laughs> I also do have a list of quotes, by the way, that I'll be getting into later. Because <laughs> this movie has some great fucking lines. But sorry, sorry, as you were, keep explaining. So he goes off to war, and that kind of, like, her her nymphomania is already at, like, peak problem level. But as soon as he leaves... Because she has somebody she can continuously fuck. Like, yes. she has a boyfriend who, like, knows what she is, and he'll it, do it. Yeah, and it, it as soon as he leaves, it's like the realization that she no longer has the fix for her addiction just spikes it off, and she starts getting what they call the itch, uh, like just randomly. Instantly, by the way, instantly. instantly. Like he literally leaves. He leaves in a car, and this woman is squirting in a field like she cannot control herself. It, and if like, you watch this with dialogue only. The lines are, hey, you'll be okay just for this bit. And she goes, yeah. And instantly the next line of dialogue is, oh, no, don't. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> and this is 10 minutes into the movie. 10 minutes into the movie, probably. Yes, this instantly happens. We then see sort of what happens. Uh, Ray is Christina Ricci's character's name. We then see kind of like Ray lose her mind. And like she basically has borderline personality disorder to some degree. Where well, she, she like- goes to Big Tim. Is this before or after she goes to Big Tim? I call him Big oh, Tim big- from it's Requiem. Not big Tim. <laughs> it's not Big Tim, but it might as well be, right? It's right? Tyrone. She it yes, she goes to Tyrone, who is like her side fix when she can't get Ronnie to fit or as Tyrone calls it, when she needs something real to fuck her. Well, let's also make sure that we, we acknowledge he's a big black man. Oh, big he, he black is. man. She's a she's a tiny, tiny little white blonde girl in the South wearing a, a coined American cross Confederate flag white <laughs> t shirt. White crop top of all things, and then like cut off ripped blue jean shorts so packaged white underwear (laughs) yeah yeah packaged white underwear which 
the choice to make it white underwear, I don't know if that's symbolic. I don't. It's just such a color choice and a brave color choice to have throughout however long this duration of the set was. I'm sure she had multiple pairs, but like heaven forbid, a period in the middle of filming, you gotta change underwear. Everything's fucked. Oh, I'm sorry. You've seen this film. If Christina Ricci got her period, they would have to stop shooting completely. She'd be bloated, she'd be pissy, she would be bleeding everywhere, she couldn't show her snatch. They wouldn't be able to shoot this during her period. I'm sure they, like, they like schedule it. They're like, oh, your menstrual cycle ends today? All right, start shoot. Start the shoot We got 28 right now. days, everybody. Let's go! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I... But she then needs her fix. Uh, she finds that that fix isn't quite done. She then goes on, like, a drug bender at, like, some, like, backwater trailer park party she takes a bunch of like just like the dirtiest of all drugs like the worst possible drugs you could take she ends up she ends up playing like tag football naked with a bunch of people gets super plastered gets taken drunk and out of it by one of ronnie's friends who is like talking to her while she's passed out and it's like he wants to fuck her and he tries to fuck her and she makes fun of his penis size and then he beats the shit out of her. Yeah. Because like, he's, he's pissed that she fucked a black guy. Because it's like, this is like Deep South and it's like close yeah. enough where it's like, it's like kind of taboo to fuck a black guy if you're a white chick. Yeah. Uh, so he starts like trying to give her shit about fucking a black guy. And then her response is, yeah, like very, very drunkenly, like in a stupor being like, yeah, you're not even half the size of him. Yep. And, and this... Yeah fucker loses it and he he goes hard on her like it's for being a 2006 movie when movies weren't quite like as edgy it is rough yeah especially yeah. when you see how she looks so he beats the shit out of her knocks her unconscious panics because he just beat the shit out of a woman and just rolls well she wasn't breathing his- I, th- I think he was worried that she was dead Probably. Like I think I think originally like he thinks that she's fucking dead, so he just kicks her out of her, which is which makes it worse. It doesn't yeah. make it better at any at any means. But yeah, yeah, he kicks her out of the van. He rolls her out onto like a dirt road very near Samuel Jackson's house. And we have only seen Samuel Jackson before fighting. It is the setup to his problem, which he has recently gotten divorced from his wife of twelve years, and he is very broken out of broken up about it, and he's kind of like isolated himself from everybody else and is very depressed and he's also like it doesn't it kind of don't they kind of have like this like prerequisite that he is a spiritual man like very devoted to his blues and stuff and they're kind of like giving him shit of being like it doesn't work like it's not it's not really like you know the lifestyle that you thought it was yeah and it's it's also very taboo in the south to like be a divorced man Especially yeah. being, like, a black man in the South who is then yeah. also divorced. Like, you're hitting all the marks for people to just hate you. Um, but he then finds Christina's beaten, basically naked body on his thing. And like any black man, I'm sure, in the South, is just like, I can't, what? There's no way I can even help in this situation. I will not make it out. But he takes the risk to take her and bring her in to, like, help her get better. Yeah. And then only, because it's it started that she has like a cold or something like she's very sick and also has had the shit. Oh, she's so he's sick. Like, all right. She yeah, is she's sick, sick she's as sick fuck. <laughs> but she also has like fuck. pneumonia or like something. So he's like, I'm just going to get her better. And then yeah. like, I'm not touching this anymore. And then Christina Ricci starts having quite literal fever dreams 
of her like being in heat and he realizes like oh we have a bigger problem so his then it turns, this is like actually an abo movie if anybody's into uh omegaverse this is actually the first omegaverse movie that exists because she goes into heat he, he does not that don't ruin this this is the one thing i like about this movie is they do not fuck okay spoilers samuel and Jackson, she tries to she tries to for sure she tries to but he does not because he he knows what needs to be done and it is not that but his solution to keeping her from doing this so he can actually get her better is to do probably the only thing that people know of. Uh, even if they don't know about this movie, they know about this concept. He chains her to the radiator with the heaviest, most uncomfortable looking chain. And it is a real chain. It is a 50 pound chain they hooked around. I love that he puts it around her waist, too. Do you think that's hilarious? <laughs> like, I feel like that's so. Oh, gosh. My lamp just, just happened. Fell off. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I can see your green. I can see your <laughs> olive eyes. Look at you. So, he chains her to the radiator, and that's when uh, I would say the actual plot of the film ensues. But yeah, but that is an hour and 20 minutes into <laughs> the film. That's what I just want. Well, I want to let people know like, that does happen <laughs> very, very far into this movie. <laughs> Because it's actually, well, it's like it's like an hour and 20, it's like an hour until he, he changes her to the radio, but it's like another 20 minutes until he actually plays her the blues. Yeah. Because like for the for the first half, he, he chains her, he's trying to make her better, he's wondering why she's so weird, and then he goes around to people in the town, and he's like, do you know who this fucking girl is? Like, do you know anything about her? And they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, she be fucking, like, she be trying to fuck. <laughs> all the time that's her thing and he's like anything else you know about her and they're like she be fucking she be trying to fuck all the time her only personality trait is fucking it's like sex yeah it's it, it be fucking um I he plays the blues before like there are moments after like he meets up with his wife in the coffee shop he has like a down moment where he gets drunk and he plays the blues and all that jazz yeah yeah well it's actually all that blues <laughs> what are you talking about you said he plays the blues and all that jazz but oh. he's playing all that he's playing all that blues he is playing all that blues <laughs> uh no I, well no but I, like when i'm saying like what he's actually using it to cure her Yes, but I feel like, is he really curing her, or is he really curing himself? But that, well, but no, but that's the thing. When you pitch this movie as Samuel Jackson uses the blues to cure Christina Ricci as an infomaniac, you assume, like, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so then, but like, I'm, not, I'm not marketing. This is just how I hook people to trick them into watching this I, garbage what, fucking no, movie. No, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Coming from that, coming from that idea into what this movie actually is, it's, it's still about that, but yeah, yeah, the actual blues playing for spiritual shit. Is that, is they, um, the soundtrack in this movie also technically blues? Because I really like the soundtrack. Like, the music it is. they play it, in the background. It's all, it's all blues music. Uh, with the exception of my, th this little light of mine, which is just a gospel song, but like, it is all, it is all blues music. Uh, the shot when he, f first of all, there's a portion of this film that I think they actually got a different cinematographer for. It's like in the second act, 
And it's like when she is like first chained to the radiator and she's just not having it. It's shot and completely And she like different. rewraps and she like rewraps herself. In yeah. It to make it sexual. Like a bondage thing. But like I think yeah. of the moment where they're, where she is trying to leave after first getting chained. And he, he he's shouting at her like, my will will not be shaken on this. Like he is just shouting at her. <laughs> And he, he drags her back in and the beat they play that like, it's almost like a march combined with a blues as he's like slowly hooking her back into the house while she is clawing tooth and nail at the steps. Like it looks like a completely different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a few shots like that. I feel like even at the beginning where it's like way more primal, harsh contrast, artsy shots. Where, like most of the movie is just kind of shot straightforward. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, getting its coverage, making sure everything's, like, well lit. A typical um, but then, Yeah, yeah. But then there are some shots that are, like, deeply artistic, like, with its framing and, like, with its movement, especially, like, with the the music that it's composed with. Mm-hmm. And it's... It, I feel like that's partly what, like, builds the vibe of this movie, are those types of shots and those sequences, because it's between these, like, these standard shots. And I think that also putting it, like, in the Deep South at this time you're, like, kind of disconnected from it from the get-go. Like, you're like, oh, this is, like, just a bunch of hillbillies, just a bunch of whatever. And I think, like, especially when she goes and talks to her mom, like, that's when it's like, oh, this is a real fucking story. Like, this is really something that, like, is an issue and, like, a thing. Yes. Should we cover why she goes and talks to her mom now? Or should we wait till the end? Yeah, I think, I mean, we could do it now. We're, like, almost halfway through. So we discover at like very the tail end of the movie, the reason she has this nymphomania and the reason she has this problem is because she is a a huge victim of childhood sexual abuse. She was heavily sexually abused by her father. And that yeah. is what caused this sort of like rewiring of her brain and why she has this problem. And apparently her mother knew about it the whole time. And they yeah. have like never spoken about it, never do, done it. So her problems and the things that she deals with, why she's like so feisty, why she has this like constant urge, it all kind of clicks in that one little scene. Um, and I honestly, which is really really powerful. I think like I feel like very, especially with something this sensitive and something that like, because like yeah, this is kind of like a funny movie almost like where it's like so ridiculous but then you hit you hit that scene and you're like oh shit like maybe i shouldn't have been laughing at it like maybe i should like go back on this movie with like a fresh pair of eyes that are like wow this is abuse this is bad yeah it 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 gives the movie less of more just or less of a um like just a crazy story that a director thought up to get some like sexualized imagery and it becomes like oh no this is this is an actual story that is like trying to say something and i think despite the movie probably not being executed the best i think the story is really strong they just drop the ball with the execution and i think the only thing that picks the ball back up is like you mentioned samuel jackson christina ricci's performances which are like out of this world good like way too good for this movie they're just they're like dedicated those are are dedicated fucking performances where it's like it doesn't really matter like what the you know external ideas of the movie are they're like this is my character like this is the universe that i live in this is what i'm Mm -hmm. doing this is who i am and -hmm. like they they ride that person like all the way through and speaking of love that fucking the title credit scene 
Or it's Christina Ricci, like, walking after getting fucked in her crop top and her fucking cut-off shorts. And it, this is the most, like, deep south thing, too. It's, like, one of those giant fucking tractors. <laughs> and like, everybody, this is so funny, because, like, everybody in cars hates being behind this person. And it's, like, a road that only fits the tractors, and he's directly behind Christina Ricci and just keeps honking at her. And she just keeps walking normally and just flips him off. And then it just drops the title of the movie. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay, so this is who she is. <laughs> it's it's fucking brilliant. Have you seen the poster for this movie? I don't think so. Is it not the, the uh, IMDb? It, it might be. I don't. The poster for this movie looks like something out of the 80s. They really wanted to make this movie, like, as timeless as possible. Like, it really doesn't have a set time. Which, and honestly, they, I, was, I was thinking about that when I was watching. Because it's, um... It's a 2006, but it feels like it could be an early 90s and early yep. 2000s. It it fits kind of everything, and you, it's it's also got a lot of grain, like the shots that they used. It doesn't look like, you know, your big blockbuster hit of the early 2000s. Well, I don't know if that's an aesthetic choice. <laughs> that could have just been. <laughs> they don't know what the fuck is going on. But even the font choice for the title sequence is like an old 80s, 70s font that you would use for a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's It's... Especially it's, with the yellow, the yellow coloring, yellow, yellow and red. The yellow choice is so, so, it's so interesting why they chose yellow. Probably because it just pops with the way they colored this movie. Well, so this is the thing when you go into like, uh, like cinematic color choices. So like, obviously when you watch movies, like each color, like kind of has their own like history yeah. of like what it means in a movie. So like red is love, blue is isolation. Um I think green is like confusion or like outer worldly, like unusual stuff. Yellow is typically cowardice and like fright. Um and yeah. And but like the also cool thing is like you can kind of rewrite those those colors to be different things. Yeah. Like you I mean you see the Michael Bay, Michael Bay shit. He's doing always like blue and orange and it's not like He's trying to signify isolation or like fiery passion from orange. Those are just two colors that mesh well and they look yeah. good on skin tones. Um, so I thought, yeah, I thought it was interesting to use those specific colors because I think, yeah, for this, if you're if you're going from like the you know the traditional like red is passion and love and and lust and and like yellow is like cowardice and like timidness and shyness, but it can also be happiness. Yeah. So I feel like this movie, yeah, works really well. And I think it uses a lot of those colors a lot. Because that's where we do end up at the end of this movie. It starts off very cowardice. Where both the characters seem scared. Um, yeah. And just kind of like confused and don't know where they are. But it ends up very happy and everybody comes to terms with kind of who they are as people. And like how to kind of conquer their their weaknesses and handle them. How they need to be handled. Uh, with the exception of Ronnie. <laughs> I want to take a quick moment to talk about Ronnie entirely. I think oh, yeah, we, definitely. We need to. Which I didn't, actually, while, while I was watching it, I didn't think he was going to, like, come back and be an important right. character. And then you get into, like, the second half of Act 3, and you're like, oh, shit, this is where it is. This is where all the toxic masculinity, like, fully embodies itself. If I were honest, I would think we could cut the to toxic masculinity thing because we got that with the dude beating the shit out of her. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. We could cut Ronnie entirely out of this movie and end it with her confronting her mother. Yeah, I think so. I think instead of starting the movie with her fucking her boyfriend, it, it would probably be, like, her fucking her boyfriend, but, like, at her mom's house. Like, she's still living with her mom and, like, kind yeah. of making that more of a a thing. 
Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't know who the fuck directed this movie. Uh, David Brewer, I think I saw his name was. Craig Brewer. Close. Craig Brewer. The most recent thing he did. Oh, he did Coming to America too. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. And the next most recent thing he did was the um, the 2016 Legend of Tarzan movie. Was that the one with Margot Robbie in it? Uh, why do you say that with a British inflection? Because <laughs> she's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie! <laughs> it is. It was. Okay. Okay. So I know where I am. I know where I stand with this man. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those movies, but I can I can articulate now. Oh, I was about to ask if the 2016 Tarzan was good, because apparently people say it's did not bad. Did you think it... I'm, I mean, I don't know. Margot Robbie was in it, and I haven't seen any memes of it being good or bad, so I assume it's just a waste of time. <laughs> which might as well be bad. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> which means I will probably love it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where's my other shoe? There it is. Got it. I lost my slide. Oh, you found it though, right? Yeah, I did. It's on Does my it want to be on the podcast? Wow! <laughs> Look at there those shower is. shoes. There's my slide. <laughs> so we we have we have this and basically the second act is a meandering healing Christina Ricci mess but the second act is where I'm most interested I don't know really if yeah because I think it's just because I find Christina Ricci and Samuel Jackson's performances that good where I just want the whole movie to be just them interacting See, that's where I thought. That's what I thought the whole movie was supposed to be. Like I thought that's what it was gonna be. Yeah. And I was, I was hoping for it because, like, the beginning part of it's fun. See, I thought they they interacted more in a way that I liked in the third act. Okay. Um, where it's more like I, a father daughter relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just felt like you know, there was more of a payoff. Like I felt like I like the entire first act was a speculate, and I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just watch it. That's interesting. I, I low-key love watching South people just being stereotypical South people. It's funny. It's hilarious. I assume it's the way that white people think when they watch, like, stereotypical, like, ghetto black people. That's the Absolutely. way I feel when I watch, yeah, these people. Yeah. Are you getting cough drops or condoms? <laughs> <laughs> Says her mom. I know. It's so good. Oh, so I was like, okay, okay. Um, I, my, my issue with the second act is I feel like you see so much of Christina Ricci and then you see so much of Samuel Jackson's character, but then, and they're so close to each other. And like, maybe that's the art of the second act of them, like not actually interacting, but it's like, so why is he locking her up now? <laughs> that's the question. So I feel there, like the screenplay could have used a little bit more configuring to make that I, work. I think this started with the image of a girl chained to a radiator. And they're like, how can can we make this a fully-fledged plot? This is a creative writing class. Is someone shows you a picture and they go make a story. (laughs) And this dude went, got it. So, like, no, no, no. So, this is how this movie got made. They go, they go, okay. So, I'm going to paint you guys a picture verbally. And then I want you guys to say back to me the words that you affiliate with that picture okay so i'm going to say christina ricci chained to a radiator (laughs) what do you guys think they go sex 
kinky black guy and then some <laughs> random kid just goes i don't know the blues <laughs> and then you get black snake mo <laughs> and it like, couldn't, a, like a relationship abuse mommy issues daddy issues wide set <laughs> vagina jesus should there be jesus i feel like there should be jesus here uh, music <laughs> sex with a minor for some reason yeah yeah <laughs> sex with should we talk about my favorite scene of the whole fucking movie? <laughs> of course, the sex with the minor is the favorite <laughs> scene. You really need to. You really need to work on the way you introduce stuff before you just say that. <laughs> it's part of my charm. <laughs> <laughs> Christina Ricci said the same thing. <laughs> so my favorite scene of this whole movie is she is she is fully chained to this radio at this point, and this is when she's like first starting. And I want to talk about this scene because the scenes that follow didn't need to happen, but I'm happy they took the time to do it. Uh, yes. So there is a point where um, one of, first of all, Samuel Jackson's character's name is Lazarus, which first of all, yes, it is a prominent bi biblical figure that we all know of, but like, why are there not more characters named Lazarus? Like, it's such an yeah. easy, like, symbolism that you can do, and it sounds dope as hell. <laughs> Yeah, like, it does. Just, just name your characters Lazarus. Lazarus goes out to do something, and one of the boys from, like, the church that he goes to stops at his house to, like, say hi or do... I don't know why the hell the boy is there. He has a basket. He's, he was collecting something. He was... Yeah, he's just doing... Because Lazarus's character, like, grows vegetables and stuff that he, like, sells for the community and all that. And he knocks nice, on his door to, like, nice get some. Guy. And Christina Ricci is, like, at the door, like, clawing. Like, trying not to Panting. fuck anything. She's just, she's trying so hard. And, like, the boy, like, knocks and no one answers. And then he starts to walk away. And Christina Ricci crawls her way back to the radiator. And she clings onto it for dear life, thinking she's safe. While she's, like, fully wetting her panties. Just trying not to do anything. And the boy opens the door. We hear a rattlesnake, which is, like, the key motif that happens whenever she goes into heat. We hear a rattlesnake go, and Christi the, the, the camera angle of her head snapping at this boy like a literal cobra. And her getting up without breaking stride, taking her shirt off her, in her one shirt, go. Her shirt comes off in one full movement. It is the like, most beautiful undressing. To, yeah, yeah. It's so stunning, and it's so well lit. And I almost wish there wasn't a cut, but I'm sure they couldn't figure out how to do it in that house. Because I'm sure that's a real house. Oh, yeah. But it does a cut to the boy and then back to Christina Ricci, then embracing the boy, wrapping her leg around the kid. In the process of wrapping her leg around the kid, she kicks the door shut and it pans out to the closed door. It's yeah. the most seamless sequence. Of it's incredible. It's, it is absolutely the first time i saw that i watched it like five times because like that is the most it's surprisingly tarantino like, it's that's a tarantino it, type sequence for sure absolutely absolutely and i wonder if samuel jackson was like hey let me call my buddy quentin here my I buddy with him yeah. in Pulp fiction not sure if you heard of it but like hey i mean tarantino. Well, this is this is 19 this is 2006 i don't know this was this was pretty i feel like those those fast cuts are pretty popular still too but like yeah it's it's a very seamless between like practical camera effects mm -hmm. of like the camera knowing where it needs to be and like how it needs to move and like the editor just being like yeah this is the time this is the time 
It is so planned and so calculated for something that is so icky, if you think about it. But for the the fact that it it looks so cool, you forget about it for like a hot second that this boy is 14. That she is. Well, and it's snappy where it's like, it's like abrupt to the point where it's like almost comedic. Like you can't even like place how you're supposed to feel on that sequence because it happens so fast. And I assume like. You know, that's kind of the way he feels. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Like, we're, we're all like, oh, shit, Christina Reese is getting naked. Let's go. Cool sequence. Hell yeah. But, whoa, she's fucking a 14-year-old kid. <laughs> and she's tied. She's literally chained to a radiator. Like. <laughs> and then what ha- follows is because nobody knows Christina Ricci is chained up in there. And this is, like, our first inkling that people fucking know. And yeah. Yeah. Lazarus comes back. He kicks the. He literally kicks the boy off the porch. Like pulls him yeah, out. There's yeah. a full like grandpa in the south. Like boy, get on out of here. Well, and it's a good subtext too, because like you don't really know that they be fucking. Like I mean, she gets naked and she wraps herself around it, but then he like leaves and is like pulling his pants up. So it's like pretty good juxtaposition of being like, yeah, they be fucking without but actually. To, but we didn't have to see a minor, you know, yeah. get assaulted, which is always Absol- good. Absolutely yes. Um, and the boy like runs off and then another person pulls up, which is the preacher at the church and you go, oh fuck, like this is, this is fuck. So Samuel Jackson in the calmest tone ever, like this is what really paints his character to me is he's like, I know you're going to perceive that what I'm doing is wrong. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. And he pulls a gun out of his car and he's like, I have told you to leave. You need to leave. There's no explanation that the girl's in the house. The preacher doesn't even know. He's like, you need to leave. You need to leave. And then he sees the girl, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He sees the girl. And then they have an actual moment, like an actual sequence of scenes where they're talking why the hell this girl is chained up. It could have fully been just like he points the gun at them they get scared and we never see those people again we, we could yeah. have never had resolution to this they could have completely dropped that it still would have worked but the fact that they took the time to explain to these two new introduced characters to this scenario like why he's doing this please go talk to her she will tell you herself she has a problem because at this point christina ricci like knows like hey i cannot i yeah. cannot be doing the fucking every five hours well i mean even when you first you first see her like yeah it's overly sexualized and it's crazy but like you can tell like she's almost like in pain yeah and that's where like you have to give christina ricci like props to her performance because like that's yeah she's like she's she's moaning and she's being sexy and stuff but like there's also this there's it's very clear that like she's uncomfortable with how horny she is yeah and like to to perform that so like in front of a camera in the middle of the woods with no words or like speaking and nobody else in the scene with you that's that's some pretty like revealing acting i feel like to like be able to do that and continue that character and be comfortable with it like you know it's a two hour long movie she had to do a lot of fucking scenes like that yeah it takes it takes especially during this time not a lot of women were getting naked And doing this type of work. Now we see it a lot with like feminism and people like really trying. But like in in early 2000s, nobody was taking their tops off. Nobody was doing anything like this. Well, especially like with this kind of nudity too in early 2000s. This was not. Because like this isn't about like it being artful or it being sexy. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's not it's it's about like the the your reverse. So it's like it's almost like it's kind of like ahead of its time because I don't know if people were ready to talk about, especially like with how sexualized stuff has become now. I don't think people were like felt comfortable being able to tackle the topic of being like, but what happens when you're like too overly invested in over sexualizing? Like, you know what I mean? And this this balances a tone that I don't think I've seen again. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac, have you? No, not yet. No, no. So this, whenever I watch this movie, it shows a lot of parallels to Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac, especially. I I would assume as yeah. To the point where Stellan Skarsgård even, like, pulls the, like, father figure trying to figure out, like, why she needs sex I imagine all the it's time. Inspired, it's inspired by by this movie. Yeah. Because it's, it's made later on, right? So, like, that's in the two te- 210s, right? Yeah. I believe it was 2013, Lars von Trier's yeah. Nymphomaniac was. But where Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac does is he, he does, it's too sexy. It's too, like, I am just making porn. Where this... At no point do I get the porn vibe from this. I get like, oh, this yeah. is an illness this woman has. Yeah. And that's the issue that we're that we're actually tackling here, where Nymphomaniac is just like, she's just a woman that likes to have sex, which, yeah, that's fine. But that's not the topic you pitched for this movie. Yeah. But now you're changing well, I mean, your story halfway well, through. Well, yeah, no, I mean, if you want to pitch it in the different version, the, the movie that's coming out this year, Pleasure, the, oh. the A24 movie, which is about... A girl who genuinely loves being on camera for porn, like, yeah. and that's what she wants to do, and it's like showcasing like that, like that's a different, and that's a different avenue than this, where it's like, and especially like the way that movies movies tackle sex, because yeah. like obviously there's always been that like cinematic sexy way of doing sex. There's like that the weird, sex montage, yeah, yeah. There's always <laughs> the sex montage, and it's different in every way, and like the way movies use sex appeal it always feels like they're they're using it as like an ulterior motive Mm -hmm. where like this movie is more talking about sex appeal i guess yeah like it's it's not using it as like a drawing point like yeah you can definitely want to go into this movie like seeing christina ricci's titties but it's Mm -hmm. not they're not going to be it's not going to be sex scenes that you're like oh yeah that was so fucking hot you're not going to rewind those (laughs) and like go back into them you're gonna be like oh because by the time you get to the end of them you're like Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> well, I feel gross. I feel like Anyone I need else? to call somebody. Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed the- to be watching? Am I on a list now? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Uh, with with this movie, fun fact: they did not want to cast Christina Ricci because in order to like sell this movie, like get the marketing for it, they needed to sell it based on sex appeal. Because like, how else were you gonna fucking get yeah. tickets for this movie? So they needed someone that was sexy, and they consistently said that Christina Ricci was not sexy enough. Uh, to the point where she wanted to do this so bad that she just had her agents bombard them with sexy photos of her. And she's like, no, I need to do this movie. And also, who the fuck else are you going to get to do this that wants to do these types of yeah, shots? Because yeah. that's the issue they kept running into is they would pitch the shots they would want to do. And every actress was, was like, like no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And Christina Ricci was like, I'll do it. And I'll do if even only, less clothing. If, if only Leah Sudo <laughs> had her career back then, <laughs> she would have been all over this fucking movie. Like, what? You just need me to be chained up and naked? Fuck yeah. That's the easiest money I've ever made in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm in David Cronenberg, where I have to put a fucking motherboard in my goddamn uterus. Oh, I'm so excited for that movie. <laughs> the movie's gonna be so fucking good. It's um, gonna be great. 
but yeah, no, no, no. This movie, this movie was a good. It's weird. It's also like, at least for me, it's weird to see movies like like earlier movies, especially in the two thousands, because like I feel like there's we just got like very commercial like in yeah. the in the two thousands, which is fine. But like I feel like we kind of lost that ability to like touch on sensitive topics like this. So yeah. it was weird for me to see an American made movie with a bunch of people that I know like making a movie like this about this topic and it's actually relatively tasteful. Yeah. And it's that early on. Like I didn't know we could make tasteful movies in two thousand and six. That's the same year Crank got made. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Crank is tasteful, how dare you? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> this is the most tasteful film I've ever seen in my life. Cr- Crank is Forrest the Forrest Gump of- wishes it could be that tasteful. It is the tea party of cinemas. <laughs> um that's that's the interesting thing. Be there was there was a bit of a dead point with Hollywood throughout the nineties where we weren't seeing like very impactful moving films in the 90s we weren't well, seeing that was that. The, the boom of the blockbusters so it was basically like indie films didn't really exist yet yes so it was either like you're making a blockbuster or you're fucking not yeah um which it's kind of nice that we've been able to kind of come out of that but yeah I, I feel like yeah definitely back then it was like especially with topics like this and like movie themes like this it was like this is either going to be a fucking indie movie that no one's ever going to see, or it has to be, you know, but the theater, nice, theater worthy. The nice thing we get about the the that like blockbuster boom is we get. I consider this a hidden gem. Like it's a movie that people have either heard of or they've never heard of. But when you watch it, like people go like, "Wow, this came out like 2006, like two years before Transformers or whatever." Like this is fucking insane. Or we have like Requiem for a Dream also. F- Feels like is put in that sort of hidden gem care category where it was like buried behind all these big budget blockbuster insanities. Well, because yeah, because I mean, you have the the Lord of the Rings launch. You have all like, yep. all the franchises, the Star Wars prequels. Harry Potter started in the early 2010s. Um, I want, and then I you had Iron Man in 2008, so that's the beginning of the MCU. So yep. there was a lot of contestion like going on in the early early 2000s, where it's like, yeah, we had like a bunch of shit, but there are a bunch of buried movies yeah. in that first. And I feel like that's kind of what we we cover as like a whole our whole podcast is like covering <laughs> that 10 years of like where do these movies go? Like how do they just get buried under all this fucking corporate garbage? Which is. What I like about fi- I feel like an archaeologist, like bear, like digging through the yeah, past, yeah. finding the things that are hidden between the cracks, and this is definitely one of them. Where it's this, yeah. I know you didn't like the movie. Is it a good movie? Probably. No, not. no. I, I need to say that though. I I liked the movie. I did you like did. the movie. Yeah, yeah. I liked the movie. I just have to acknowledge, constructually, it's not a very no. well put together. It's not a good movie. It's like not a great movie. And if you're like expecting, because like especially with the, with the. The, the genre and like the way you pitch it it seems like it's going to be one of these very like art artsy art house movies yeah and it's just it's just not one of those movies but i would still say if you're thinking that it's going to be one of those movies still watch it because you still get the same like you still leave the movie with the same feeling i feel like you would you yeah. would feel from it if like this was an a24 movie yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like I would I feel like this yeah, it's not a great movie. It's definitely dated. It's a very like a, a product of its time, but it, it tackles these these concepts, this type of story. It's, 
it's more cerebral than you think it's going to be. It's it's one of those movies where you go into it expecting one thing and you fully get that expectation, but you do But you get, also get more. You get you get way more in something that you probably wouldn't even have thought of with yeah. this type of film. Yeah. Um Yeah, I would Yeah. That's that's basically it. When was the first time that you saw this movie? Did you see it when it first came out? Uh, no, no. I did not see this movie until... This is actually a recent one for me. I didn't see this until four years ago. Oh, okay. So, okay. I I had been meaning to watch this movie, but I, I, I don't think I ever, like, w- was brave enough to do it because I was so afraid of what it could potentially be. Just Which, I mean, and it could. I feel like that's also another spot where, like, that whole mom conversation is very, very powerful to yeah. the point where, like, and that has been its own movie. Like, that conversation, like, that relationship between a mother and her daughter, like, after a mother has witnessed her kid being sexually abused yeah. by the person, like, that's a very real story. It's very visceral. And it's mm-hmm. also a story that's, like, very in-depth and deserves its own its own story completely. Mm-hmm. And I think the way they handle it here of being, like, this is who she is. This is why she is the way she is. But, like, not making it about that. Like, it's about yeah. her healing. I think it's really cool that it's about her healing. That it, it is. It's it's entirely about the healing of two people. We've been talking a lot about Christina Ricci. Like, yeah, I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah. But this, it's, this, it's also very much about Samuel L. Jackson healing as well. Going through his divorce and finding a new purpose. Finding the fact that he's more than just a man of divorce. He is, and I think it's a, it's a good t- Oh, sorry. You want to keep going? I was just going to ramble. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was really good that, like, it's, um, it's the type of healing where it's, like, because, like, Christina Ricci, like, the foil between the two of them, Christina Ricci is, like, a damaged person. Like, to her yeah. core, she grew up bad. She was a teen bad. She was a bad, like, she's making bad choices, and, like, she's trying to heal as an adult, where Samuel L. Jackson is the polar opposite. He's, he's done well. He's had a good life. He's done things okay, and, like, he's trying to heal with the idea of, like, growing old losing that losing that in the way like the weathering of the world like taking some risks which this is probably him rescuing a white woman beaten to a pulp in the middle of a dirty road probably the first risk he's ever fucking done um i do kind of wish not that i i I really really enjoyed i first need to say this i really enjoy like when people talk about like tackle stuff in like racist communities i really like when like race is a theme and, like, not yeah. the overall point of... Unless it's, like, you know, a biopic, like, Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, I thought that yeah. was cool, like, to talk about the Black Panthers and stuff. But, like, I feel like there's just so many movies that, like, hold on racism to be, like, that's that's the whole thing of the movie. Yeah. We're, like, yes, this is Deep South, not the best time to be a black person. It's very controversial. And they, like, bring it up multiple times. Like, that's not what the movie's about. It is not at all. And especially Samuel Jackson being a black man. Like, it's yeah. not about a black man and a white woman. No. That's just part of part of the universe that they're in. It feels and organic. I, I, yeah. And, like, story-wise, like, as a black woman, personally, I, I like it to be more like that. Because, like, when yeah. I think about that, I'm not thinking about, like, what was the racism like back in these days? <laughs> I'm more thinking about, like, yeah, how do these people get to interact? Like, how do you have these healthy connections between interracial people mm-hmm. during a time where that wasn't a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, on top of, you know, they're fucked up people. So yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. 
it 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 gives it actual dimension and not just the surface level like guys remember racism and it's like yeah we're still experiencing it but like sure let's go back to the fucking crazy days of it being just like this non-stop and you to really hammer it home like this is organic and natural like we have tons of white people dropping the n-word but it's not, it doesn't hold Justin on. Timberlake dropping Oh my word. God, I forgot about that. As soon as I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know Tell why his, that, his hit worse. Like the rest of them, I was like, yeah, you're racist because people you know, in the South. Because this you is ex- know, you know, he's either saying that because he really doesn't want to say it. Or he's saying it because it's the one time he can say it and nobody can get mad at him. I feel like it's the same reason Tarantino writes nigger into his own lines all the time. It's like, oh, I can finally fucking say it. No one can get mad at me because I'm in a movie. It's part of the script. Because <laughs> he, I mean, he doubled down on it pretty, pretty hard. I know you don't like Justin Timberlake as an actor. I don't mind him. I don't think he's good. But like, oh, I, I hate him as an actor. I hate him so much. Everybody talks about like, oh, he was good in the social network. No, I'm sorry. Aaron Sorkin writes good scripts that has yeah, nothing to do with yeah. the fucking actors. I would ever. I would say almost every time I've heard Justin Timberlake deliver a line, it would almost every time be better if somebody else was doing it. Absolutely. My favorite movie with him is um. Friends with Benefits with Mila Kunis. And, like, he's not really acting. And it's no. also, like, everybody else in that movie who's funny. <laughs> and not him. <laughs> like I like In Time. In Time is fine. Oh, God. In Time is fucking nuts. In Time needs to get remade. It does. It's a good concept. It's a really, it's a really good, good concept. concept. It's just, it's made for teenage audiences, which is was their biggest fucking mistake they should have made it more of an adult film okay okay yeah if you're gonna make a movie that's like teenage concepts then why is everybody 25 like you <laughs> made a point to make everybody 25 you know what the fucking last demographic who wants to watch 25 year olds is fucking teenagers we don't <laughs> care those people are fucking old <laughs> i remember being a teenager and being like ew i don't want to watch fucking 25 year olds roll but, around but i the, said like, we like i'm a teen <laughs> The scientific philosophies in it, like, they're so intellectually stunted. Like, there's so much you could have done with, like, people not aging and the concept of time being a currency just on a sci- yeah. sci-fi oh, yeah. level. But they're like, we're not going to do any of that. We're going to do no, a love story. The whole, pe- the whole people not aging was just for them to be able to cast all hot people in the same generation <laughs> and not make it weird. Because the fact that, like, Justin Timberlake is the same age as his mom. I was like, oh, it's not weird because everybody stops aging at 25. Like, no, it's fucking weird. It's weird. You didn't build this universe good enough for me to, like, not make that weird. <laughs> Sorry. I did my best. Justin Justin Timberlake is horrible in this movie. The, I love... I watched... So you can't find, like, any interviews on this movie. There is one where they went back and talked about this movie uh, nine years ago. And it is Christina Ricci and Samuel L. Jackson, and for whatever reason, Justin Timberlake is there. And I do not know why. It is not his movie. He shouldn't even been invited to the party. Like, why the fuck is he even talking? I'm but he. I think. Well, yeah, I don't think this was even, like, in the. Because remember, there were those two. Like, when Friends with Benefits and In Time came out, like, there was, like, that, like, two or three years where, like, Justin Timberlake was, like, an A list actor for a little bit. Yeah. This was not one of those years. No, this, <laughs> this was him was, trying to. This was way before that. <laughs> but then maybe because the the video was posted nine years ago, so I don't know if nine years ago was still in his like Justin Timberlake boom. But he was there, and they asked him a question about his character, and he's like, "What what was it like 
portraying this type of character. I'm like, what fucking character? His personality trait yeah. is anxiety. Like it, w- and he talked about how hard it was to portray an anxiety attack on film. And I'm like, I bet it was hard because you didn't fucking do it. You just look like you yeah. have to poop really bad. <laughs> hey, we just we just gotta go. We gotta go right now. <laughs> I gotta pull over. Fuck, there was a lot of cheese on that bread. Did you not think so, too? Fuck. He, he, they should have casted, like, a nobody. It should, Justin Timberlake is so distracting in literally everything he's in. He is. He's too, he's too, like, distinctive. We take him out. The, The weakest part of this movie is Ronnie's character as a whole... And then also on top of it, Justin Timberlake's god awful performance. Just because also his accent, his southern <laughs> accent is so bad. Oh, you saw it in Candy too, right? Oh, it hasn't how's gotten it better. worse in Candy? Yeah, I was gonna say it hasn't. Somehow it hasn't gotten better in twenty years to get better at a southern accent, and it got it's, worse. It got worse. It got worse. It got so uh, bad. What do you think of Christina Ricci's accent? Um, well, the thing is, I feel like with chick accents, I think it's a little bit easier to do. I gotta believe it more. Because, like, especially, and I feel like, especially with the, the words, like, the lines that she has to say. Oh, yeah. It's definitely written for somebody with a southern accent. So I think that helps her a lot. Because I feel like when she's, when she's, like, pleading and, like, talking, she doesn't really sound southern. Like, she just is Christina Ricci, like, in the role. But, yeah, yeah, with her roles. Because, I mean, her lines are just so over the fucking top. <laughs> Like, only a southern... It's, it's those lines, like, only a southern woman would have said that. Do you have the line where the dude's like, um, I'm surprised those shorts were still on, and she's like, well, if they weren't, you'd be licking my pussy, faggot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, uh, kiss my rebel cooch, you faggot. <laughs> <laughs> and that immediately is followed by cough drops or condom. <laughs> Dude, the... The, the fucking the op- the first the first act dialogue of this movie is unrivaled by like some of any of the best comedies I've ever seen. It's so fucking funny. I feel that when I watch white people be super trashy, it's the same way I feel when I see like actual like like respectable black people in like high points of seniority. I look at them both. I'm like, this is where we belong. <laughs> this is where. This is where you should be, and this is where we should be, and we Absolutely. flourish. We flourish so, because, I mean, nobody's better at being trashy than white people. Exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Black people have tried. We've tried. The government has tried to make us better trashy people, and we just can't do it. White <laughs> trash is the pinnacle. It is the best. <laughs> it is the most funny, and it is the most sad. So I'm sorry, but also... Suck one. Because <laughs> it's so good. Bro. <laughs> and the to go back to the portrayal of white trash, I'm sorry, but these people seem so real. Even they're, Christina Ricci. Do you think they're actors? Do you think, do you actually, or do you think that it was one of those, like, hey, we just need to shoot these scenes. <laughs> Can you just, Come in, just read there. these lines? <laughs> But even Christina Ricci, I swear I have met this chick on the drive down to Florida, she passing through Georgia. She kills it. She f- she's too she real. She fucking kills it. 
she she is the the white trash chick that you know smells like Britney Spears's body spray. Oh my and god! She got it yes. fucking CVS like after after a, after one of the shows. So it's like that mix of armpit bo. Yep. And the fucking fruity body spray. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You can and still it's... see like flecks of her shampoo in her hair that she didn't get washed out quite quite all yeah. the way. She's always I mean, got a, a pimple in a spot that's not her face. Yeah. <laughs> Are you jealous? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I would love it if my acne didn't show up on my face. <laughs> yeah, I only have like finger acne. I just have massive pimples on all my hands and fingers, but not my face. <laughs> you no, know, I, I feel like that's partly why she's such a good main character, because she's like... She, it feels like, it feels like Samuel Jackson definitely feels like a main character. And then her character kind of feels like a side character. Like, literally, it feels like a girl you plucked off the side of the road. Yep. And threw into a main storyline, which I thought was like, yes, this makes sense. This feels organic. This feels natural. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, sometimes it's very fun to do like the over-dramatized shit, whatever, when you're doing like hardcore. But like, this is supposed to be like a relatively real story. So, yeah, yeah you have to make it authentic. You have to make it feel feel fucking weird and they they definitely did they they had such a bizarre concept and they they balanced it the bizarreness with very real guttural performances um that just it it, it's it's a good what's the word i'm looking for balance balance i guess i don't know it's just two two polar opposite things oh the dichotomy the dichotomy that it equalizes it out oh yeah yeah yeah. So it it is just it's they're it's good, good foils. They're really good foils. Foils. Like yeah, they go, are very yeah. good foils to each that's other. The, that's the best. That's the filmmaker word that I could yep. think of. I'm sure there's actually a better word, but it's yeah. it it's it's a great foil to each other, and it it just it just works. This is again. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. I still think this is Samuel Jackson's best performance, like ever. I there's no reason he needs to be this good in this movie, but this is every time I see him and like whenever he shows up, I'm like, you are just Samuel Jackson. You're collecting a check. I get it. You do your thing. But in this yeah. movie, he's like, no, I'm an actor and I'm going to act and be amazing. I have a role. Yeah, yeah, I have a role. I have a person. I need to be. I have. Yeah. And it's like I almost wish he would get ro- more roles like this that show off that like. He, he definitely is a powerhouse when he needs to be. He's just yeah. smart and knows when he doesn't need to be. He's like, I can just like JK, it Like J.K. Simmons almost. I feel like. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's it's the same thing. And Christina Ricci is still, she's been trying to fight for her career for years. Like, she's yeah. never truly yeah. made it. But, like, this is another performance along with, like, Monster I mean, as well. She was in fucking Speed Racer. Like, the shut greatest up. movie of. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. Stop it. <laughs> Cool beans. <laughs> it's yeah. That's. Do you want to read off your quotes real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I only have three left. Um, after after yeah, kiss my rebel cooch, you fag you faggot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then there's one where she goes to the bar and there's that guy just like saying the most stereotypical like drug dealer lines like, "Yo, you robo tripping tonight?" <laughs> I thought that was fucking funny. Um, it's like oh, and there was one. I was like, "Get me, get me drunk, so I don't stick my foot up your ass." But I think they say that to a chick, which I thought was extra funny. 
I, I think I think I'm not giving I'm not doing any of these lines justice because like the context of them is kind of what makes them funny and the delivery. Somebody, yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, the context and the delivery because they're like, <laughs> like the, you robo tripping tonight. <laughs> it's like some southern guy being like, so you robo tripping tonight. <laughs> like what who the fuck you trying to impress with that lie and then i know after that he goes into like all the drugs he has and stuff but just like <laughs> who the fuck ass are you who? robo tripping tonight who? yeah i'm gonna what? go do Since some cough syrup you're... you want to come do some cough syrup with me in the fucking <laughs> at a bar <laughs> that's why this feels so real because we know like trailer trash white people do not have good drugs they They're... don't give a fuck yeah they are downing moonshine and cough syrup, and they are just f- fucking <laughs> destroying the five brain cells they have. <laughs> all at, like, the same three fucking pubs that they all go to. <laughs> That's how you know, like, I feel like all these people had to be locals. Absolutely. Well, apparently they filmed in Justin Timberlake's hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, okay. That's so funny. That Justin Timberlake's hometown is meant. I want to see what his home neighborhood looks like. Do you ever think that when you hear like, "Oh, this celebrity's from you know this this area," like, "Oh wow, that's not where I would expect them to be," and then you like see where that's like, "Oh, it's like the one nice neighborhood." <laughs> Wait, yeah. Whenever I've done that, that's where I'm severely disappointed because I'm like, "Oh, yeah. you came from money. Like, I don't yeah. care about you anymore." <laughs> yeah. I think it was like like like. Taylor Swift's parents are from like Philadelphia, but they're from like the upstate Philadelphia yeah. where they like own manors. They literally yeah. own manors on the coast. I'm like, oh, okay, so you can just go fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even Lady Gaga's like family is like rich. She showed her like home apartment and it has like a view of like the entire city and like yeah. an entirely glass wall. That's like, one of the other reasons I, I stand Selena Gomez. Her her family was not rich and yeah. she's rich now. So keep going. Go on. Go on, Selena. I don't listen or watch any of your shit, but <laughs> keep being successful for us poor people. <laughs> or us people who came from nothing. But yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what other trivia I read for this movie. Uh, that chain is real. She actually wore I believe that. that 40 pound chain the entire time. She also apparently only ate food with no nutritional value. Oh, which- damn. As hot as the set for this movie looks, like, her pores must have just been leaking, like, bologna and, like, spam. Like, she- Because you know when you bologna eat bad- and spam, you're disgusting. You, you know when you eat bad food and, like, even if you're not farting or sweating, like, you just smell. Like, it comes- it comes out of, like, <laughs> everything. Because you become less of a person. <laughs> It's what I feel be- like all the time. Yeah, it's one of those foods that you literally become less of a person when you eat them. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I can feel myself degrading itself. Like, biologically, it's breaking me down to be a lower level of human. I'm hoping if I keep doing it, it'll just pickle my insides and I'll live forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly only laughing because if there's any person alive who could get away with it it's you <laughs> you would live until you're fucking 180 and then they would you would die and they'd do the autopsy and they'd like cut open your body and it's just all of your organs just floating around <laughs> in like mystery green liquid <laughs> like, oh my god she fucking she pickled herself <laughs> <laughs> 
and the surgeon's like what and like like she pickled she pickled her whole insides she's growing gills to be able to survive in this like overly liquid <laughs> interior i have a bulk they don't even need to drain my blood when they do the autopsy or anything it's just it's for just all there already. it's all there yeah it's already there all of it's just a big mixture pickle page <laughs> pickle page pickle page that's gonna be in in like a news article <laughs> in like 20 years <laughs> i hope i hope my death makes it to the news i would fucking love it it's like there's a lot of basil in your <laughs> just fucking basil olive oil soaking your liver and your lungs and your pancreas <laughs> Basil is the most underrated spice. <laughs> I don't think anything, anyone thinks basil's underrated. It gets put in everything. But I'm also other, Italian. Do other people go through like the big jar season no, of it? No, 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 no. I, I promise you. I mean, you can ask on the podcast, but I promise you probably no one else on earth goes through basil the way that you do. And if anyone's wondering, Paige, I, I assume, would probably just eat it right out of the, the, the can, like fish food. No, I tried. It's not as good. <laughs> you gotta it's, put it on your cheese. It, yeah, it has, to, it has to go on something moist. If you eat it dry, like it cuts your tongue because it's like very sharp. It's like dry bay oh, okay. leaves. She's Trust me, I tried. Bread. I tried. The one thing I do eat out of the jar is tahini. <laughs> That's because <laughs> you're fucking Hispanic. You guys all do that, I feel like. Yeah. The funniest part is it says this is not a candy. Bullshit, it's not. Uh, that shit yeah, is fucking they're candy. They're saying that for for Hispanic people because they know how you guys go through that shit. <laughs> that is so funny. Because everybody in California, obviously, like, oh, have you ever put tahini? Like, like literally, they have fruit carts, and there's like a fucking giant thing of tahini yep. on every single fruit cart. Because they're like, oh, fruit tahini, obviously. And I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck you. You've never put tahini on like a mango. Pineapple is really good. I on. I hate I hate mixing uh, fruits with savory stuff. Try it on your popcorn. I'll try it. I'll do that. Yeah, but like I I like straight up won't like won't eat pie because I don't like oh. cooked fruit. Like I don't like fruit outside of it just being fruit. Like I'm that makes very sense. happy just like eating a banana or an apple. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You elitist. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I've evolved higher. I don't even need to eat meat. How does that fucking feel? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm oh, just Gary. Than Gary is else. now in the shots. I know he's been in the shot. He's just oh. been asleep. He's been a lump. Now he knows though. He's looking. He's like, oh hey, <laughs> hey. You guys want to see me eat some drywall? <laughs> does he put the heat on it? <laughs> he ate a button the other day. He cracked it in half and fully ate it. Are you gonna have to pull that out of his poop? Has he pooped it out yet? I what? hope it'll kill. <laughs> <laughs> he does more exercise than you do. This cat straight up just did a wall stretch. He put his paws on the wall and stretched his back. He is in better shape than Paige. What the fuck? That was the fucking... I think that actually might be the weirdest thing I've ever seen him do. That was so people-like. That's fucking hilarious he's the most bizarre thing i try not to be one of those people that talk about their cat all the time but this fucking thing's crazy like your I cat's have to, crazy i have to talk about him he's fucking insane i have never seen or experienced a cat like gary like, he's beautiful <laughs> first off he's beautiful that's which what's is so weird yeah it's so weird and then he's also like 
weirdly cross-eyed all the time. And then his back laying. And then he, <laughs> he just sniffs and eats anything and everything. <laughs> He's fucking bizarre. He's the most bizarre thing on the planet. Sometimes uh, he'll, he'll stand on top of there. He doesn't understand the concept of gravity. So he really thinks he can jump up on the ceiling. He thinks, like, if he just makes it, he'll sick. Oh, like, is that's that what thing. he was doing with his stretch? Was he, like, trying he, to test it? He, I think he thinks he can climb up there because he doesn't understand that there's a gravitational pull to the fucking Earth. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking a idiot. Of, gravity's really just a state of mind. It's a concept. It's a yeah. concept that we're still working on. If you stop out. thinking about gravity, trust me, you won't have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> what if I just started floating? Like, what if I just slowly <laughs> ascended? It should wouldn't we do matter because uh, we don't do, do video. Review, should we do a review of Black Snake Mode? Oh, yeah. Fine. I forgot we were talking about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're sober. Will you fix your goddamn band-aid? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to go do. I mean, <laughs> actually, no, I can't because I'm, like, I'm not going to take it off, but it's going to just keep. I have tape, though. I have tape somewhere. I'll just tape it back down. Uh, okay. Sasha has, like, a whole fucking piano keyboard of band-aids on her forearm. I do. I fucked up my arm really bad. Play Chopin's Nocturne. Um, all right. I personally would rate um, Black Snake Moan. <clears throat> I would give it 59 industrial truck chains out of 84 industrial truck chains. You said 65 out of 84? I said 59 out of... Oh, okay. So it's up there, but like, do you need to see this movie? No. Should you no. watch this movie because it uh, um, diverts your expectations? Yeah. I think everybody should watch this movie yeah. at least once. I feel like for that, I would give it like like 30 um, Rebel Cooches <laughs> out of 55 Rebel Cooches. <laughs> All right, everybody. Pa- page page is saying the right things. Yeah, uh, I feel like there are other movies that might be able to do this better, but I can't tell you any of them. So if you're interested in this movie, check it out. Yeah, thank you all for watching. We are mixed reviews. Sometimes we post videos on time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.